Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. I think you should sing some more. If you win your Bibles tonight, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We won't be long tonight, and then we'll do the nomination of officers. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Lay aside every weight, we've talked about that, laying aside every weight, and that not, not necessarily referring to sin there, but referring to things that hinder our spiritual growth. What is it in your life that's hindering your spiritual growth? Here in Peter, he talks about laying aside some things, and here he is also referring to laying aside things that would hinder your spiritual growth. Look at, uh, again, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings. And here we know it's referring to our spiritual growth because here it talks about our spiritual growth. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted, tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, bless the word. Bless the Lord, our, our growth, Lord, may you help us, may you strengthen us, and may we grow in you. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We delight in seeing a child grow. We, I'm a, thankful I'm now a pawpaw and watching a McKenna already. Just amazing how quickly, you forget how quickly they begin to grow. Growth is natural. It's, it is part of the process. It, it should happen. And when you get saved, when you accept Christ as your Savior, spiritual growth should happen as well. It should be natural. It should be part of the process. Spiritual growth. And we, when we accept Christ as our Savior, we are made alive. We are born again. We receive the second birth. That's the analogy that we're given. That's the way it helps us to comprehend what's happened to us. If you've been born again, then that being born again, there should be growth taking place just as a baby grows. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. What hinders growth? What hinders our growth? And we talked about there from Hebrews chapter 12 that there are things in our life that can hinder our spiritual walk with the Lord that can keep us and, uh, from growing as we ought to grow and going forward as we ought to. And uh, sometimes those don't necessarily have to be sins. Sometimes those can be hobbies or it can be, it can be anything. It could be a friend. Um, it could be ambition. It could be many things that could hinder uh, our walk with the Lord, that's not necessarily a sin. But here Peter refers to five things, and so let's look at these real quick, and we've, we've covered these before. It's been a long time ago, but we've covered these before. What hinders growth? What hinders growth? Well, and we think about a plant. What hinders growth in a plant? A lack of water, uh, you know, a lack of, uh, of soil, proper soil, not, not weeding the garden, and all these things. So let's look at these things. Number one, 
is malice. Lay aside, lay aside. Now, again, when we're talking about lay aside, we're talking about laying aside like you would lay aside a coat. Take the coat off and lay it aside. So we're laying aside malice. What is malice? A malice is a feeling of evil in the heart against someone with or without a cause. With or without a cause. So, yes, you can have malice towards someone, and there's a reason for it, and you should lay that aside. But even if there's malice and there's no reason for it, you should still lay it aside. In other words, either way, you should lay that aside. Malice, that feeling of evil in the heart against someone else. Again, the malice will cause, you, again, a, a freeze to take place in your life. We think about a garden, and when you see a freeze coming, you want to protect your plants. Well, malice is that, that frozen temperature that will freeze your growth, your spiritual growth. Again, malice has to do with revenge, revenge. But our Bible says that we are to love one another. Jesus said to love your enemies. It's one thing to love those who love you. It's another thing to love those who don't love you. And Jesus says we're to love them. We're to lay aside malice. So if there's someone you are thinking evil of or have an ought against, we need to be careful of that. It'll hinder your spiritual growth. Number two, guile, guile. Guile means craftiness. Insincerity, doubleness, especially for gain. In other words, to achieve something, to, to gain something. Craftiness. When we think of guile in the Old Testament, we think of Jacob. Jacob, at 75 years old, deceived his father, lied to his father to receive the blessing. Sometimes you don't realize how old he was when he did that. 75 years old when Jacob deceived, Jacob and his mother deceived Isaac. Jacob, guile, trickery, craftiness, craftiness. As Christians, we ought to be straight people. We ought to be upright people. We ought to be sincere people. Somebody has said sincerity is the pure honey of religion. Sincerity. We need to be careful. We need to be one who is straight and upright. Lay aside guile. Are you the same here and the same somewhere else. Do you say the same thing to someone who you would say to someone else? When we think about God, we think about politicians, don't we? Whatever crowd they're in front of, they, they promise whatever they need to to that crowd, and then they go to the other crowd and they promise whatever they need to to that crowd. Now, not all politicians. I don't mean to clump them all together. I'm thankful we have like Matt Krause and some others who are sincere, honest people. But boy, there's a bunch of them out there. In fact, it's amazing to me how probably the majority, in fact, I would say the majority of politicians, this would fit the description. Guile. Guile. Deceptive. Simply to attract others and then stab, stab their own constituents in the back. I'll move on. But it is the illustration. We need to lay aside guile. Be straightforward. Of course, be kind. We're not saying don't be kind, but be straight, be, be honest, be upright. Lay aside guile. Number three, lay aside hypocrisies. Hypocrisies. And guile and hypocrisy are a little close together, but there's a difference. Hypocrisy means pretender or acting apart. Acting apart. If we think about the illustration of this in the Bible, we think about Judas, who was simply acting the part. Acting the part. Many come under this category of hypocrisy. In fact, all of us, to a degree, are under this category. All of us to a degree wear a mask. All of us to a degree have this in our own lives. 
he's without sin cast the first stone, right? When it comes to hypocrisy. All of us find ourselves exaggerating from time to time or whatever it may be. These are areas we've got to be careful. We don't need to be pretenders. We need to be careful about wearing a mask. I, uh, when I, growing up, I enjoyed uh, a particular comic whose name, well, anyway, it was Ernest. And it's still, Ernest movies are still very clean, very good movies. I think there's only one out there I wouldn't recommend. And he got into the really B movies, and they're corny, and I still like them. That's my kind of slapstick comedy. It's all good. And I remember when he came out with Ernest Goes to Camp, and it became, became very popular, uh, Ernest Saves Christmas, the two best, I'm, I'm giving y'all some recommendations here, two, his two best movies. Kid-friendly, <laughs> Ernest Saves Christmas, air breaks, I just, I can't get over it. And I can't quote the entire movies. If you could find it, if you can find it for your kid's sake, find Ernest's family album. It is, it is really, really cool. He does a lot of voices. But he became very popular. He also, if y'all remember, he did the Brahms commercials. He did the Alney Savings and Loan. How many of y'all remember that? Alney Savings and Loan commercials. Before the Savings and Loan bust, he was doing Alney Savings and Loan commercials and many others. And so um, one Halloween, they came out and they had these earnest masks. And it was just earnest face and with, a, with a string on it. And you just tied it on and you had an earnest face. Pretend to be earnest. It was awesome. I kept that thing for years. I asked, my, I thought, surely when my dad was unpacking and we were moving the farm, I said, somewhere in here, my mom has kept it. I, she has to have kept it. Could never find it. It would be a classic if I could find it. But wearing a mask, pretending to be somebody you're not. The Bible says, lay aside hypocrisy. Lay aside hypocrisy. May we as Christians lay that aside. By the way, parents, the biggest effect of hypocrisy is on your kids because they will see through you. They will see through you. By the way, the biggest effect on your kids is to practice what you preach. You want the next generation to be in church with you and the next generation to be in church with you, practice what you preach. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. But your, your, your kids will figure it out. They'll know whether you, you're really trying or not. Man, we need to be, lay aside hypocrisy. Number four, lay aside envy. Envy means resentment, or resents the advancement of someone or the acquisition of something. Again, envy and jealousy are twins, very closely related. When we think of envy, we think of Joseph. We think of Joseph's brothers who envied him, who envied him, who sold him into slavery. We think of Christ who was delivered to Pilate because of the Pharisees and Sadducees who were envious of him. Envy hates the success of another. Envy is the spark, and I like this one, envy is the spark that starts many fires. Really, envy infiltrates many, many other sins. It's envy that, for the most part, people commit murder. Envy that people, drunkenness and theft and many of these other things, all related to envy. Lay aside envy. Lay aside. Love is not envious. 1 Corinthians 13. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. And lastly, evil speaking. 
This is a statement I've used many times since I came across this in 2008. Every absent person should have an advocate in a Christian. Every absent person should have an advocate in a Christian. As a Christian, when you hear rumors and lies and supposed truths, you ought to shut it down. Let me see this. Let me say it again. Every absent person should have an advocate in a Christian. In other words, we should not be a part of spreading or talking about someone else in their absence. Truth or untruth. That's, that's the key here. What, we have, what happens as Christians, we think, well, it's okay to say this as long as it's true or as long as it's... Be careful. It can still be wrong to spread something that you think is true that's not true or even something that is true if it's to injure someone else. Make sense? We need to lay aside evil speaking. I think that we said if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say it at all. Stop and flee from all evil speaking about someone else. Can I get a witness? Amen. Again, as Christians, we ought to be the advocate of every person who is not there to defend themselves. We are commanded to love one another. These are things that hinder our spiritual growth. Our spiritual growth. These are weeds that need to be plucked out of the garden. We think about what encourages growth. It's exactly what we said this morning. It's the Bible. It's the scriptures. It's the water of the word of God that feeds the soul. We should get rid of malice and hypocrisies and guile and envies and evil speaking that hinder our growth and our spiritual health. And we need an appetite, an appetite for spiritual food. Again, verse 2, newborn babes desire the sincere miracle of the word that we may grow thereby. The illustration here is that as a kid or our children, many times we have to cultivate in them a want to to eat things that are not good for them, that are good for them. They don't have to do it's not good. Case in point. <laughs> Thank you, Brother McKinney. I, I, I need no encouragement to eat this. The key with me is I don't need encouragement to really eat anything. Because I do like good food as well. But most people don't. I mean, there's a lot of people don't like salad. A lot of people don't like tomatoes. Uh, a lot of people don't like lettuce. A lot of people... In, in other words, when we are raising our kids... A mom and a dad has to sometimes force-feed children what is good for them. When I was a kid, I did not like milk at all. I mean, not at all. Hated milk. And my dad made me drink milk. When I was a kid, I hated spinach. And my dad had a rule that when you sat down at the table, whatever he fixed, you ate. We didn't have the rule that, well, if you don't like what's at the table... You can fix your own self something. No, we didn't have that rule growing up. There was no peanut butter and jelly sandwich if you didn't eat what was on the table. You either ate on the table or what was on the table or you starved. I'm not opposed to whatever you think about whatever, but that's the way it was. And so <clears throat> I learned to eat spinach, and guess what? I learned to like spinach. I, I drank milk. My dad made me drink it. I learned to like milk. I cultivated a taste for things I did not like because I was forced to eat it. 
Now, as a Christian, we shouldn't have to force ourselves to eat that. We really shouldn't. But we do find that sin in our life and these five things that are in our life will hinder our spiritual growth and they will desensitize us Amen. to the sweet taste of the Word of God. And if you find yourself in a position where you are spiritually sick, just as you lose your appetite, most people lose their appetite when they're, when they're sick physically. I do not most of the time. Me and Brother Jance have that in common. We found that out today. Most of the time when I'm sick, I was not feeling well this last week. Basically, we went on a vacation and took a, an expensive nap for a week. That's a whole other story. But I gained weight, even though I was sick. But most people who are sick physically uh, will lose their appetite. And I'm telling you, when you get sick spiritually, you'll lose your spiritual appetite. And that's when you need to come back to this, and come back to our verse from last year. Lay aside those weights. Lay aside the sin that besets us. Lay aside malice and envy and all these things. And the appetite for this will come back. You say, preacher, I just, I just can't bring myself. I, I don't know what's going on in my life. I can't bring myself to read the Bible. It just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. Well, sometimes we need to come back and check and see what has desensitized our taste buds. You know, what has uh, affected our spiritual tongue, if you would, and check on it. We need to, and verse 3 says, taste and see that the Lord is good, because He is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Try it. If you've been born again, there ought to be spiritual growth in your life. If you've been born again, the illustration we've been using now for year over year is you're in this race. Where are you at in the race? Following the footsteps of Jesus. Lay aside these things tonight. All right, let's all stand. We'll have a verse invitation. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.